And to discuss this further, we now join on the line by the International Criminal Court Justice Lawyer at the Southern African Litigation Centre, Angela Mutukuti. Thanks for your time this morning. Hi, Sadina. Nice to talk to you again. Ms. Mutukuti, now, firstly, what is your reaction to the judgment by the, um, uh, by the North Gauteng High Court? We're very happy with the judgment. We think that it makes important pronouncements on the rule of law, the importance of the separation of powers, and what the government should have done in this situation. So we're quite happy with its comprehensive coverage. But uh, looking at the situation and, and, and hearing what has been said about this particular situation and also uh, some of the uh, scathing attacks against the Southern African Litigation Center, uh, do you still feel that this is the right course of action that you have pursued regarding the al-Bashir matter? Oh, absolutely, because the law on this is clear. And we have to remember that we're dealing with an issue that involves 300,000 people who have died in Darfur since the beginning of the conflict. So at the Southern Africa Litigation Center, our focus is ensuring that justice and accountability are the central focus of administration of foreign policy and all aspects of law in South Africa. And so we have no regrets about pursuing this case. And yes, there's been a lot of negative feedback, but there's also been a lot of positive feedback. We've received letters and emails and phone calls from Sudanese refugees all over the continent expressing their gratitude for us trying to ensure that justice and accountability was done. Now, uh, the High Court in Pretoria has suggested that uh, the National Director of Public Prosecutions investigate, uh, you know, um, uh, this uh, particular matter further and decide whether to actually uh, prosecute. Now, are you uh, going to do anything further to ensure that this actually is investigated? Well, our first focus is obtaining an affidavit from the state. The court ordered the state to submit an affidavit today explaining exactly how it is that President Omar al-Bashir escaped. And once we're in possession of that, we'll decide on the way forward. Um, As I said, I I can't put words in the mouth of the NDPP, and we will monitor the situation, but um, we'll wait for them to to indicate what they intend to do. Are you confident, though, that, you know, um, it will happen? I am hopeful. (laughs) Well, hopeful, that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, And that was uh, Angela Mutukuti, who is the International Criminal Justice Lawyer at uh, the Southern African Litigation Center. And still on the stories, uh, parties in Parliament have reacted to the judgment by the Pretoria uh, High Court that the National Public Prosecuting Authority should investigate whether anyone should be prosecuted for non-compliance with the interim court order that uh, barred Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir from leaving the country last week. Our parliamentary reporter Abonge Kobokana filed this report. ANC MP and chairperson of the Justice Committee, Matole Mutsega. Dealing with a situation where the West wants us to blindly implement the concept of justice without looking at our realities. And therefore, we would support the position uh, of the ANC that our membership of the uh, ICC should be reviewed. Most opposition parties have welcomed the North Gauteng full bench judgment and order for the National Director of Public Prosecutions to investigate possible criminal charges against those involved in the non-compliance of an interim order bearing Bashir from leaving the country. Freedom Front Plus, Conair Muda, MP and Cope Leader, Mosuali Kota. From our perspective, first we saw with all due regard, if we go back to Nkandla, how the legislative arm of government has been subverted by the executive. Because uh, the people of our country must realize that we will now become a rogue state if South Africa cannot hold its government 
to account and if it cannot hold it to the provisions of the Constitution. DA himself, Steve Swartz of the ACDP and IFP, Albert Mwangu, also expressed the same feeling. We expected it already that it would actually be like this because even from the very first instance, Justice Mlambo had actually ruled uh, that the that the president of um, Sudan, uh, Mr. Omar al-Bashir, should actually be uh, should not be allowed to leave the country. Comes this very scathing judgment by Judge President Malambo and two other judges, a full bench court. It is, of course, our view that the decision of government undermined our domestic law in terms of the Rome Statute by allowing uh, President al-Bashir to leave the country. The ruling completely vindicates our point of view that we expressed in the parliamentary debate uh, that not only was South Africa in defiant of its international obligations, it also ignored a very explicit uh, ruling and a court order. And uh, that report by our parliamentary reporter, Abongwe Kobokana. And now to unpack the legal ramification of uh, this judgment, we join on the line by Associate Professor of Public Law at the University of Cape Town, uh, Prof. Richard Callan. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, Sakina, very good morning to you. Now, uh, all of this, uh, you know, seems pretty straightforward on the one hand, but also very confusing on the other. But what came out clearly yesterday uh, from the court was, was that there was a clear violation of the law. Now, what do you make of all these developments? Well, you know, all the court can do in a situation like this, uh, both yesterday and indeed uh, 10 days ago, is to apply the law. The court has no option there, no room for manoeuvre. And in this case, the, the legal issues, in a sense, certainly in the view of the court, Judge President Lambert, are, are really very cut uh, to the Elden Treaty. Prof. Calland, um, uh, that line, not great, so let's just try and see if we can fix oh. uh, this uh, particular line. Um, in the meantime, I was just looking at the papers earlier today and um, uh, ANC Secretary General Gwede Mantashe, um, you know, talking about uh, that particular court ruling, say that it is tantamount to a coup, um, you know, so uh, we'll come back to this particular matter as soon as we have Prof. Callan on a better line. Prof, uh, are you back with us? Yes, I am. I hope you can hear me now. Uh, well, the line is still not great, so let's just try and keep it brief. Um, now, firstly, you were talking about, you know, what you made of all these developments. Well, I think it's uh, legally it's actually rather clear. All the court can uh, do is uh, implement uh, the law, and the law is very clear that South Africa is a signatory to the Rome Treaty, uh, and it passed an Act of Parliament uh, implementing its uh, of that Rome Treaty, which is the treaty related to the International uh, Criminal Court. The court ordered that under that law, uh, Al-Bashir, the President Al-Bashir, should be arrested, and the government failed to do so and allowed him out of the country. Now, all the court can do in a situation like that is apply the law as it is, and that's exactly what it did. So uh, there's the case of, you know, the South African government obviously, um, you know, offering um, everybody who came to the AU summit immunity from um, uh, basically um, arrest. And now you also have uh, the court ruling. So which one, you know, supersedes the other? Well, this may go to appeal. In fact, I'm sure the government will want to appeal this uh, point. The court yesterday, Judge President Ambo, was absolutely clear. He said that international law, a treaty 
uh, cannot be trumped by an executive order. Now, bear in mind that it was the Cabinet through an executive order that said that people coming to the AU conference would be immune from arrest or prosecution. What the court said yesterday very simply was that in our constitutional democracy, um, international law cannot be trumped by executive order. Indeed, uh, that would amount to the executive uh, trumping Parliament. Parliament has implemented the Rome Treaty in this country, and it's not uh, possible legally or constitutionally for the government to simply ignore that by uh, uh, passing some kind of executive order giving immunity to the African Union. Now, that's the point of international and domestic law that will probably be ventilated further uh, in the Supreme Court of Appeal if the government appeals. But yesterday, the North Kauteng uh, High Court was absolutely clear in, in its mind and its ruling that that trumping of international law cannot take place. And what has happened now is that this has now been placed on the table of the brand new uh, NDPP, and uh, th- this can't be an easy one for him, Prof. Callan. No, it's a baptism of fire, because what this case does, as the court said yesterday, is bring into uh, question uh, the, the, the state of our democracy. If, if, a, if government uh, chooses to violate its own laws, to fail to follow the law in such an obvious and uh, a flagrant fashion, then it's very, very serious. And on the face of it, there has been a contempt of court here. Uh, and in which case, what the court has said is that the National Director of Public Prosecutions, brand new into his job, already uh, under pressure because people in the opposition are saying that he's too junior for this position, now has a really big job uh, in front of him, which is to investigate whether there has been a breach of criminal law through a contempt uh, of court. Now, one thing, Sakeen, I do want to say is that there are very important and valid arguments about the legitimacy of the International Criminal Court. But those arguments have to be separated out from the rule of law, the constitutional law law issue that is uh, at stake in this case, which is very simple. Does the government of the day follow its own laws or not? Well, uh, just uh, very briefly, the other issue with this particular um, uh, court uh, ruling yesterday is that, you know, um, two days ago in Parliament, Minister Lindiwe Zulu said that this was a joint cabinet decision, a collective decision. And if everybody is now to be indicted, uh, Gwede Mantashe coming out strongly saying that this is tantamount to a coup. So what's to happen now? Because this is a really precarious situation. Yes, it is. And um, when you get in a precarious situation like that, where there's no obvious or clear legal or indeed political solution, then what it can amount to is what we call a constitutional crisis. A constitutional crisis is where the system of constitutional law and and institutional arrangements cannot cope with the pressure it's being uh, put under. And in a sense, this is a test of will between the two branches of government, between the executive branch and the judicial branch. And the judicial branch is very clear in its mind about what the law is and about applying that law. But the executive uh, seems, the government seems equally determined to put its uh, heels into the ground and to to stand its ground. And so this is a very delicate moment. Um, And and I think we have to be said very carefully here. What I hope is that the government would would, uh, find a way to indicate that it will follow the law in the future that this was a delicate matter, and it will review the, its membership of the Rome Treaty. I mean, that's something that should happen. If the government doesn't like the International Criminal Court, and there are good reasons for, for understanding why there are problems with the legitimacy of the International Criminal Court,